Hello, everybody. My name's Shane. And I'm Ken. And welcome to Gem Talk. Welcome to episode 124 of Gem Talk. Today we're going to have a snow day. Yay! I haven't had one of those in a long time. Yeah, uh, I can't even remember the last time that I was snowed out of pretty much anything. Yeah, and the uh, realization that once you get into the working world, you know, snow day is not really a thing. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you work from a computer and all of your work can be done online. Yeah. (laughs) So, oh well. (laughs) But... Steven uh, and the Crystal Gems will be having a snow day, as we'll see, but the episode starts with the scene of the snow on the beach. And speaking of snow days and snows on the beach, uh, I, and Ken as well, uh, pretty much spent most of my life growing up in New Jersey, I'm sure we've mentioned that before, mm-hmm. and uh, very close to a beach, about about an hour's way away from mm-hmm. uh, the beach, and very, very rarely... Uh, do we ever see the beach itself get a snow as intense as is seen in this episode? Yeah, I mean, we've had some intense snowstorms here further inland, mm-hmm. but even then, the beach gets, you know, much less than that, if not just rain. Yeah, and uh, I did a little bit of research, uh, <laughs> thank you, weather.com, <laughs> and uh, chronicled that Approximately every 10 years is when we get a snowfall on the beach, at least in our area. Uh, Other areas might be different. Um, That is as intense as is seen in this episode. Uh, There was a blizzard in 96. There was a lot of heavy snowfall around the early things like 2004. And then about four years ago in 2016, we also had a pretty uh, heavy record snowfall. Yeah, yeah. And even at that, even the blizzard of 96 was not the approximately 8 to 10 feet of snow that we see in this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, in this episode, it's obviously um, somewhat exaggerated for the purposes of, you know, the, the cartoon, but... Yeah. And humor. Yes, and humor. exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it is just interesting because, you know, you think about these episodes where they talk about Steven and the Crystal Gems having, like, a lot of snow in Beach City, which we've seen a couple of times, actually. We'll talk about that later. But then you stop and think, wait, beach? Snow? What? <laughs> these two <laughs> things don't seem to naturally go together and because typically they don't. But yeah. uh, I just wanted to know how feasible or how reasonable, how realistic uh, a snowfall of what would be considered inconvenient enough to prevent people from going about their daily lives would be. And on average, it seems, again, at least for my armchair research here, about 10 years. Yeah. But that aside, we cut to inside of Steven's house, where his phone alarm is going off at what appears to be 7.13 in the morning. Which is a very strange time. Oddly specific time. Yeah. So, my alarm is set for... 8 o'clock, and also 8.15, and also 8.30, and also 8.45, but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> uh, but 8 o'clock, not 8.13. I know people who set their clocks to, you know, the 15, like the quarter hour, the half hour, but why 7.13? That is such an unusual number. It it has to have some sort of significance. 
And so we went looking. Yeah, because in my opinion, uh, when you were, it's not really an opinion, but I guess my thought is that when you animate something, that's a lot of work. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, uh, including people sitting around and looking at the same cells or the same frames uh, for a lot of time. So when you choose to put something in a frame, it is intentional. So why did they choose 7.13 when, if you're just thinking of a number off the top of your head, 7 o'clock would have done just fine? So I tried to think, is it supposed to be representative of a date, July 13th? Well, that's close to Rebecca Sugar's birthday, which is July 9th, but Mm -hmm. it's not exactly that date. The week of Sardonyx uh, started on July 13th in 2015, but that's not really relevant to this. Uh, 413 is the Homestuck number, but <laughs> we're looking at 713, not 413. The The only thing that I could reasonably think of, of my own volition, is that Pokemon number 713, oh I'm already laughing, Pokemon number 713 is Avalug, which is an ice-type Pokemon, yeah. and this episode is about snow. So th- those were the only tenuous connections that i could possibly make between this number and uh, snow and it being poignant now i did a little bit of research and digging and i managed to find that somebody on the reddit way back when this episode first came out said if you take the number 713 and you reverse the digits you get 317 and keep beach city weird is the 31st episode of steven universe and seven refers to Snow Day, which is the seventh episode of Steven Universe Future. So what's the connection between Keep Beach City Weird and Snow Day? Well, they both happen to have Steven tag in them, as we'll see later on. Yeah, and the <laughs> only two episodes that feature Steven tag. Yeah, so first of all, very, very, very good catch by a Redditor there. That is, I would not have thought of that. So kudos to you, good sir or madam. But if that is true, if that's the reason, the purpose for that number, then dang, Cruniverse, very good uh, hidden note there. <laughs> but uh, Stephen wakes up and looks at his schedule for the day, flipping through his phone to try and see what he has on his docket. So it's good to see that Stephen is using his phone to keep track of his schedule. So he must have learned his lesson from a very special episode where he double booked himself. Yeah, now we can look and say, like, uh, oh, nope, sorry, I, I have it right here in, uh, I would say black and white, but it's on his phone. Uh, I can't, can't do that at, you know, four o'clock. I've got a Geminar or something going on. Right, right. Uh, but what he does have scheduled is that, and I tried to put these in chronological order instead of how he has them on his phone, because strangely, they're not in, like, time order. Uh, the third quarter begins... And he has a volleyball game scheduled for next week, which is good to see that the volleyball is a little internal consistency here. He's got baseball practice from 10 to 11 and the Kiss It Better clinic from 3 to 5 tomorrow. And then he's got interpretive dance today from 12 to 2 and the Gem Teacher Association meeting from 4 to 5. Uh, also, the Gem Teacher Association would be um, abbreviated as GTA, GTA, which is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, that aside, it's good to see that Stephen is now getting better at organizing his schedule. Man, what a schedule. <laughs> I mean, I myself at 16, my schedule probably looked like 
get up eventually, <laughs> drag self to school, come home, maybe do homework if I felt like it, <laughs> video games, bed. Like yeah. That- <laughs> I mean, I, I was not much better at the age of 16, but as we know, Steven is want to take on a lot of responsibilities for someone probably twice his age. And uh, to get started, we actually see Steven take a deep breath, stretch out his arms, and remind himself that he can do it to finally get himself out of bed and started for the day. You can do it, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> so... We got to the kitchen where Steven is using what looks like an electric kettle. Yeah, at first it looked like a curing machine to me, although uh, strangely like shaped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's putting what looks like a, a water bottle or something under it. And I was like, okay, what is this? Maybe it's something I'm not familiar with, whatever. But Amethyst pops up with eggs on her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Sunny side up eggs on her eyes. And she says, are you really going to skip the most egg-central meal of the day? Boy. Oh, man. The the whole universe of egg puns. Oh. Yeah, I mean, the word egg, it just, it has such a punny, phonemic quality to it. Like, it's just yeah. so easy to use the whole egg sound inside of words. Yeah, and so many English words that begin with E-X. You yeah. You just shove that right in there. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Yeah, and so when she asks if Steven's going to skip breakfast, he mentions that he has all of his nutrients in his protein shake. So clearly this machine that he's using is in some way being used to create a protein shake, but if it's a hot water heater, that means he just made a very hot protein shake. You know, it could also be a reference to, like, a soda stream machine. Maybe, but it's not carbonated. It's a protein shake. Uh, Guacola is a thing in this world. So, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> fair. I mean, True, but, like, my confusion is there is what looks like a torn open tea package next to the hot water machine, what I'm calling a hot water heater or electric kettle. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything points to the fact that this thing is an electric kettle. I mean, I have one and it looks like this. But that means that Steven's protein shake is hot, which I've had plenty of protein shakes in my life. I would not ever consider drinking them hot. That just sounds very gross because they're very thick and they're very chalky. And just the consistency, making it cold is about the only thing that really makes it palatable. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I remind myself, it is winter presently in the show. So maybe that's just Steven doesn't mind making them warm as long as it helps him stay, you know, toasty while he's out in the snow. Right, right. And so after telling Amethyst that he's not going to really eat breakfast because he's got his protein shake, Amethyst pokes the yolks, which, <laughs> good job not poking yourself in the eye. Yeah. But, but it makes the yolk run down her face like tears, and she says, you're making me sad. <laughs> <laughs> and also, good job not breaking the yolks before putting them on your face. So yeah. just general, very good handling of the egg to face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven starts to walk towards the front door and he walks past Garnet, who stands up holding the cheeseburger backpack, saying that she's packed everything he's going to need in the cheeseburger backpack. Cheeseburger backpack. Cheeseburger, cheeseburger backpack. backpack. <laughs> I mean, even the cheese is a pocket. Like Anyway, <laughs> but... Steven doesn't use that anymore because he's already got his own, like, bag around his shoulder. And he's packed his own bag. And then Garnet, like, pops the bag open and Cat Steven pops out. And (laughs) she says, well, at least pet this cat. And then Steven's like, why would I need... (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and I can only imagine that Garnet must have used her future vision and saw that Steven was going to decline taking the cheeseburger backpack with him. And so, as a fallback, she put Cat Steven inside of the bag, knowing that as soon as he says, no, I'm not going to take that with me, she could pop it open and say, well, at least pet this. <laughs> yeah, so she was using her future vision to make a joke. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> um but then Stevie continues to try to leave the house, and he's interrupted by Pearl, who tells him that according to her application on her phone, it's going to snow all day and all night. So you need, like, 10 to 15 layers of clothes on. Yeah, you need your puffer and a hat and two scarves, maybe three. Uh, and it's also neat to note that Pearl is still frequently using her cell phone. Uh, mm-hmm. She's pretty much the only crystal gem, aside from Steven, obviously, that we see using a cell phone. And uh, in this episode, we see her use it regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see her teaching other gems about what cell phones are in previous episodes. And we also saw her learn what a cell phone, well, rather what a personal cellular phone could be used for. So there's kind of this like under running plot line of pearl and cell phones that i just think is cute every time it pops up yeah and i think it's funny that she uses the word like application like the full word instead of oh, the yeah. word app like most people would say yeah pearl always uses the more like scientific term for something if it's available yeah but she just kind of reminds me of like that parent who is just being introduced to technology and is just being overtly formal about it so steven gets annoyed that you know, he keeps getting interrupted, and then here's Pearl, like, putting layer after layer after layer of clothes on him, like, he can't properly dress himself or something. Yeah. And pulling, well, first of all, he starts trying to speak and everything's muffled. <laughs> but then he pulls down the scarf, and he says he has to get going, and Pearl's kind of confused, because classes don't start for another several hours. Yeah, and they also have warp technology, so why is he using the old beat-up Dundai to go to little homeschool anyway? Right, and then he says, well, he's taking the Dundai because he needs to run several errands, probably over at Beach City, before the classes start. And I mean, that's an interesting little factoid, but, I mean, Stephen can nigh fly. He can right. jump and float, and he can, as we found out earlier, he now has the ability to run super fast. I mean, he has to tap into that pink Steven state to do it, but still. So, I don't know. I think that any chores that Steven would have needed to have done, and we see him returning home later on. He doesn't have bags or anything. He could have just jumped to or ran to, so I don't know. I, I really don't think the Dundai is necessary, but this is me just splitting hairs. <laughs> yeah, it could be that he enjoys driving the car because it's another mark of the fact that he is a young adult. He's a teenager, what do teenagers do? Well, they have cars and they drive them because Fair. they can now. Now, that could be completely lost on the gems, obviously. <laughs> but when he says he's going to go in to run errands, the uh, crystal gems put their hands on his head and are like, yeah, you go get them. And they're like, yeah, go yeah, get them. Uh, and he up. looks kind of annoyed about all this. And when I saw this, I was like, this looks very familiar so i went back into older episodes and i realized that in the intro sequence the second intro sequence there's a moment where all the crystal gems put their hands on steven's head and he kind of looks up with the star eyes like he's excited about it or something and here they are doing the same thing and now he's annoyed yeah so it becomes pretty obvious by this point that 
Steven's not happy with the way that the gems are treating him because they're still sort of smothering him and treating him like he's a little kid, much like they used to way back when. But now he's grown up. He has a job, like a legitimate actual job. He's the principal of a school. But no matter how much he thinks that he's grown, the Crystal Gems still seem to want to treat him like he was back when he was 12 when the show started. Right. So we cut to that evening. Steven drives back home. It's still snowing. The snows pile up a little bit more. He parks the Dondi and comes in the house, which is dark. And he's he looks very tired. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like end of a long day. I'm just going to drag myself up to my bed and go to sleep at this yep. point. And he flicks on the lights and all the gems are like, surprise! We were sitting in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're sitting there waiting for Steven to come home so that they could do like, you know, family fun activities with yeah. him. Almost like a surprise birthday party, only instead yeah. of it being his birthday, they just want to play games with him. Right. So Amethyst says, hey, we've got Pupcopter, and you can see the box, and there's what looks like Dogcopter, but smaller, and the coloration is kind of juvenile, and it's like Pupcopter. I haven't heard of Pupcopter. Yeah, and Pupcopter is obviously uh, supposed to be like the younger version of Dogcopter. And we know that Steven's already a fan of Dogcopter. It's shown up several times in the show before. And I would dare to say that if Popcopter is supposed to be like the younger, more juvenile version of Dogcopter, then Dogcopter might be an analog of a movie franchise which started when I was a kid called Airbud which was about a dog that could play basketball. <laughs> yeah. um, it's also the origin of a phrase that I still use to this day, which is there's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play basketball. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's usually morphed to fit the situation. So, you know, there's nothing in the rules that says a blank can't blank, for example. Oh, okay. But later on, much, much later on down the line, this movie got dozens probably 20 sequels and one of the branching sort of storylines that ended up coming from uh, the sequels was air buddies which instead of being about a single dog that could play basketball it was about his like six puppies that could all play various other different sports and yeah so you can kind of see where the analog is here where instead of talking about the one individual adult dog you're now talking about a bunch of little puppies doing the same thing. And I'm sure, though to be fair, I didn't do this much research. I'm sure that the films involving the puppies are probably focused at a younger audience as well. Yeah, and I also remember from in my childhood, there would often be a more juvenile version of some other property. Um, the one that comes to mind was uh, Muppet Babies, oh, based yeah. on the characters from The Muppet Show. Yeah, and they did, um, what is it, a pup named Scooby-Doo or whatever, where yeah. they took mm-hmm. all of the characters of this very famous Scooby-Doo cartoon from Hanna-Barbera, and they made them all just, you know, 12-year-old versions of those characters. Yeah, they did the same thing, I think, with the Flintstones, there was a version yeah, of there was. Was the characters as children. And yeah. It's just a very common thing to do especially in the 80s and 90s to expand the scope of your ip to multiple demographics now so, i want to sit down i'm sure there's a wikipedia page of it somewhere that just has a list of television franchises or what have you that have... Man, we're gonna morph into like the history of television <laughs> to keep this up <laughs> anyway so 
Amethyst has this movie, obviously intended for uh, a child, probably even younger than Steven was at the beginning of the show, yeah. to be honest. And then Pearl has, like, funny animal masks that you can poke out, like, the eyes on and put on your face. And she puts on a panda face one. And it kind of reminded me of what she looked like when she pied herself <laughs> in uh, Too, Too Many, Many Birthdays. Birthdays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pearl likes pie. Uh, but uh, these, um, <laughs> these facial masks, I, I've seen them fairly regularly at Asian grocery stores. So I don't know if they're primarily... Um, like manufactured in Asia, but that's the only place, like that's the reason why I immediately knew what these were uh, because I like to cook and pretty regularly go to Asian grocery stores to get the ingredients I need to do so. And I have had friends try to use these things before and every time I've seen one used, it always turns out horribly. Like not the skincare <laughs> procedure itself, I'm sure that's fine, but the way that the mask looks when you try to superimpose this very cutesy cartoonish like bear or whatever face on a human's features it just looks so malformed and unusual and uncanny out the whizwang yeah. i was waiting for uncanny yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's the exact word for it yeah. um and then take the fact that pearl's facial structure has a lot of unusual contours when compared to a human face, she's got the prolonged pointy nose, the big knobby pearl at the center of her head. Uh, so when she puts the mask on, it's even more disconcerting. Yeah, and, you know, of course she's trying to smile and be like, you know, this is all going to be really fun and stuff. And it just looks kind of creepy. Yeah. And honestly, from Steven's point of view, very silly. Yeah, you know? it's all just super ridiculous. Yeah, and then Garnet's like, and most importantly, we have pizza and they open up the pizza box and it's a standard like pepperoni pizza it's not square pizza i'm disappointed yeah and so now here are the gems and they've probably been thinking about you know what they could do with steven maybe they think he needs to be cheered up a bit or something and we're gonna throw this like surprise party we're gonna do all these things and it's gonna be great and then steven who is looking very exhausted of course just systematically takes apart the entire thing mm. i mean first of all He's been vegetarian for a month, so he's not going to eat a pepperoni pizza. Yeah, even though Garnet could have sworn this was the pepperoni timeline. Right, and I want to come back to that in a moment, but Pupcopter's for six-year-olds. And, I mean, imagine going to someone that's in, like, fourth grade and saying, hey, let's go watch, like, Sesame Street or something. <laughs> and it's like, uh, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> and he has his own skincare routine. Okay, it's okay, I've already eaten. And then he kind of drags himself up the steps. You know, Amethyst is like, fine, we'll watch the movie with Cat Steven. <laughs> well, at least Cat Steven would be the right age. Right, right. <laughs> and then uh, Garnet said, I'm sorry. I thought for sure we were in the pepperoni timeline. And um, this made me think of pool hopping. Because if you recall, at the end of pool hopping, Garnet admits that the choices that Steven makes, she can't predict any longer because she's so used to Steven as he was as a child. But now he's making these more adult decisions. Like, she had no idea that Steven was going to choose to turn himself in to uh, Aquamarine. You know, and the fact that he did that really shook her whole idea of what the timeline was supposed to be. So this thing where she was in the wrong timeline could be indicative of the fact that she's having a hard time understanding Steven's decision process. Yeah, similar to how... 
uh, Future Vision played out, it's probably just difficult for her still to fully understand what it means for Steven to be growing up and making different choices because gems don't age that quickly. So to see Steven suddenly making such different choices is probably not something she anticipated, especially, again, seeing that even for a human, Steven is making very uh, large changes in his choices. They're, they're very uh, expedited compared to what a normal kid would be doing. So we cut to the next morning. Alarm. 7.13. Tuesday. Steven goes to reach for the phone but ends up knocking it off the table. So... This is an indication that he's not really getting the rest that he needs. The first morning, Monday morning, he was like, okay, yeah, we could do this. The second morning, he goes to grab the phone and it falls off the table. Yeah, and I just realized now that Steven uses his cell phone as his standard alarm, mm -hmm. but doesn't have it plugged in. No. Which is extremely risky. No bueno. <laughs> I, yeah, I have legitimate anxiety about that because I also use my phone as my standard alarm. Yeah, me too. And yeah, and every night, the last thing I do before I go to sleep, more or less, is check to make sure that the phone is plugged in, check to make sure that the little lightning bolt icon is over the battery, <laughs> make sure that when I put it down, that it's still like that. There is nothing quite like the feeling of waking up on your own without an alarm, knowing it's a work day, and then being like, where's my phone? Oh, it's over here on the bed. Oh, it's dead. <laughs> oh my god what time is it yeah because you're also used to using the phone as your clock so now that it's dead you also don't know what time it is so you immediately have to look at like oh god where's the clock where's the nearest clock yeah. and then pray that it's not like noon or yeah. something yeah please, please <laughs> let it not be 10 please let it not be 10 yeah <laughs> that's my normal like standard wake up time you know so it's uh... like oh geez so yeah 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 the phone dying overnight having it not be plugged in or whatever and that was I was thinking, oh, well, maybe he's got one of those new fancy, like, inductive charging things, but there's no, like, charging station it's on or anything like that, so whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but that aside, Stephen marches downstairs to find that everybody is at the breakfast table eating together breakfast. Hey, and together breakfast! Yeah, and I was hype, gems were hype, Stephen, not so hype. Too much sugar for him. Doesn't want it. And like, oh man. Yeah, like he literally walks by them, fills up his protein shake again, walks right past, doesn't even bat an eyelash, and I'm like, bro, that's like your thing. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know that he's trying so hard to be like the adult in the room because the gems thus far have been acting a little bit immature. A little bit. But to go from, you know, the episode Together Breakfast where he ran all through the temple and turned the breakfast into a monster yeah. <laughs> just to have a breakfast together with the gems because they were too busy with what they were doing mm -hmm. to turn around to they've already made the together breakfast and now Steven's too busy to hang out with them. It's such a turnaround. Yeah, and I feel terrible for the gems imagining them trying to piece together what together breakfast was trying to fully understand the concept of cooking and making food for a human. Like, it's just something that's still probably very foreign to them. And then in the back of their minds, remembering if they slip up whatsoever, this thing could just turn into a monster and eat us all. So please be very careful. <laughs> um, 
And then just having Steven come down and show zero appreciation whatsoever. Like, not even, like, a thank you. Not even, like, a, oh, okay, I'll have one bite. Zero. Just completely ignores them and moves on. I mean, even though he says, like, oh, too much sugar for me, but thanks. I mean, it's kind of, like, just, like, thrown out there. It's, like, he's got other stuff on his mind. He's not considering how they feel or anything like that. But he walks up to the door to open the door, says, see you later at school. And the snow, which, by the way, has already drifted up to, judging by the height of the door, 8 to 10 feet. Yeah. Okay. He opens the door, and comically, the snow just piles into the room, burying (laughs) him. Uh, So, that's fine. I've seen videos of places where you do get snow in that quantity, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it doesn't actually do that. No, no. (laughs) When you open the door, it's just a wall of snow. Yeah, because the snow is so (laughs) packed usually at that point that it's almost like a solid wall. As long as you don't disturb it, it'll stay that way. Yeah. But that's perfectly fine. If he can't go through the door, then he'll just have to use the warp pad. So he walks across the kitchen into the warp pad, goes to use I wouldn't do that if I were you. Yeah, and as soon as he does, he immediately warps right back with a huge drift of snow along with him. (laughs) Now, Amethyst thinks this is pretty funny because she's just laughing at him. I mean, it is funny. It's a, oh, it's, yeah. a it's a fun uh, visual joke. But um, Steven's like, oh, man, we're going to have to cancel a little homeschool for the day. Hey, Pearl, can you send a mass text? Like, Pearl is the phone guru now. Yeah, know? she's the one with the phone. But, I mean, yeah. I guess if she's sending out a mass text, then the other gems must all have phones? I guess so. Maybe having your own cell phone is, like, a requirement. To I be mean, in little homeschool. I mean, Pearl was teaching them about cell phones again. We, we yeah. did literally specifically see that happening. So maybe they all got a free phone as part of that class. Right. So now Amethyst says, "Oh, does that mean we get the day off? Man, we could we could have so much fun today. We could read No Homeboys." Yep. And Garnet even offers to do all the voices, which <laughs> I think is pretty funny for two reasons. Because either a Garnet doing all the voices would not be a great idea because she typically speaks in a very uh, monotonous, steady voice and trying to inflect for a bunch of different characters would be very difficult. Or Mm -hmm. because Garnet is literally made up of multiple people, she would be the perfect person to do multiple voices for various characters. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I've seen uh, Ruby take on various inflections depending on things like... She, she has a certain inflection when she's being the cowboy, for instance. Mm-hmm. So I think Ruby could do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> Steven, regardless, doesn't want to do that. He's a kid stuff. He's got to sit down with a schedule and plan out all of homeschool's new third quarter because the snow's ruined everything. So, you know, again, we see here Steven is not interested in anything fun that the gems believe that he would want to do based on his prior interests. So yeah. we cut to the next scene where... Steven's opening up a pack of post-it notes, though they're called post-thems, and instead of being made by 3M, a very popular uh, office supply production company, mm-hmm. they're made by 6M. So, Oh, man. Man, if, if 3M stands for the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing, which it does, <laughs> what would 6M say? Uh, buddy, with how different uh, Steven Universe's version of Earth is, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but... As he starts to work, Amethyst, once again, interjecting herself into Stephen's day, 
uh, complains that Steven had a much better work-life balance back when he was trying to save the universe from the galactic conquests of tyrannical alien creatures. Yeah, and then Steven, not even looking up from his schedule book, says, that was then, this is now. Yeah. And it's like, oh man, Steven, when did you become such a stick in the mud, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) And... You know, I I just, I understand that he wants to, like, prove himself and he has stuff that he has to do. But yeah, like, you you live with three friends, moms, whatever you want to call them, and they've very obviously been trying their hardest just to, like, have some fun with you. So even if it's not exactly what you want to do, you have to understand, you have to realize what they're trying to do. So very intentionally shooting them down at every turn just makes you come off like a jerk. Yeah. But Amethyst has an idea for how to engage Steven in some sort of fun. She says, you know what we haven't done in a while? And she jumps up on the table, suddenly shapeshifted into Steven. Steven tag! Yep, and there it is. After, who over 130 plus episodes stretching all the way back to the 31st episode of Steven Universe Original, we get Steven tag, which is just... I, it was a heck of a pull in terms of references. Yeah, because I was like, whoa, Steven tag, wow. And so Amethyst lunges at Steven, who dodges away, going, what the? And Amethyst reminds Steven of the rules. If he gets tagged, he has to turn into Steven. Well, I'm already Steven. <laughs> no, 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 no. Classic Steven. So they're basically saying if he gets tagged, he has to become his younger self. Yeah. And obviously, Steven is not interested in this whatsoever, so in order to avoid needing to regress back to a younger age, he dives into the bathroom, blocking the crack under the door with a towel, which, this is something I've only ever seen done to, like, trap heat or air conditioning into a room so that it doesn't escape. Uh, So I don't know how this would uh, apply to Amethyst specifically. The only thing I can think of is that Amethyst would have to do some form of shape-shifting. Like, would she shape-shift into, like, a liquid or something and get under the door that way or something like that? I don't know. Like a snake or a small animal, I guess. But Mm. I don't know. Whatever his reasoning for thinking of this, it works. Because she specifically says, oh, he got me with the towel. And uh, she just departs. Steven takes a moment to actually listen at the tour to make sure that she's gone. First of all, this is a classic tag tactic. I used to do this one myself (laughs) because I am not very good at chasing down people and stuff like that. Even when I was a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wasn't fast enough for this game. So I would inevitably get tagged and then I wouldn't be able to get to anybody. So I would just be like, okay, well, I'm not going to play then. Okay. And wait for somebody to get close to be like, Gotcha. (laughs) So when Amethyst is like, okay, well, we don't need you to play Steven Tag anyway, and she seems to go away, and I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Ken's seen this tactic before. Yeah. (laughs) But he does step out of the bathroom, and she's not there, so okay. But he does see that Garnet, who's in the living room now, is on the floor looking under the table as if she lost something. And she says that she's looking for Cat Steven, and she hasn't seen him all morning. And... I think the idea of Garnet misplacing something should be already, like, really foreign. (laughs) Like, how could she not just know where it is? Remember, she has every idea what everyone's up to. (laughs) Right? Yeah. And so, as she's looking for Cat Steven, she kind of just idly tosses a pillow aside. And then she very suddenly, very pointedly says, 
Steven, check the cabinets. Uh, okay. okay. <laughs> so, yeah, he, trying to be polite, decides to uh, listen to her. And he, as he approaches the cabinets in the kitchen, he looks at them and stops and kind of points up and says, you mean these ones? And as he turns back to look at her, she says, yes. As she is very obviously holding and petting Cat Steven. Cat Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen this sort of visual joke in cartoons before where you look away, then you look back and something has changed with the scene. Then you're like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, well, not only has the scene changed, but it's changed in a very counterintuitive way to what's happening. So, oh, yeah, they pull another one of these type of jokes later on. So all of a sudden, Amethyst Stephen bursts out of the cabinet and uh steven dodges out of the way <laughs> and then amethyst lunges again and steven dodges but she ends up tackling garnet yes who very flatly says what an unforeseen turn of events indicating that she very obviously knew what was going to happen yeah and as per the rules which amethyst reminds her garnet suddenly turns into garnet steven yay and they're kind of looking at each other, and Steven's trying to, like, tiptoe away. They both look at him, and he's like, uh-oh. Yeah, and, he, okay. and he goes to run, and, of course, he steps on the pillow that Garnet had thrown over there earlier and slips. Yeah, so I wonder if this was intentional. Like, did Garnet, again, using future vision, foresee that Steven was going to try to run away and thus accidentally threw the pillow <laughs> over near the door so he would fall? You see... The presence of Garnet turns things that would normally be considered just bad luck into, was that intentional? (laughs) (laughs) But Steven falls on his back and the other two gems go to like jump on top of him, but he produces his bubble and they land on top of the bubble. Yeah, but Garnet knows that he can't stay in there forever, uh, though Bubble Buddies would have, you know, disagreed with that. Fortunately, we're (laughs) far beyond that point now, but... Uh, She withdraws her gauntlet and sort of like threateningly waves it as if she's like, as soon as this bubble pops, I'm gonna get you. Yeah. And Steven thinks, hmm, what could I do to resolve the situation? And promptly runs the bubble into Rose's room with both Garnet Steven and Amethyst Steven kind of running on top of it as if they were log runners. Yeah, yeah. And so as he's running in there, he's got this, like, determined look on his face. Like, he's, you know, he really doesn't want to be dealing with this right now. And so he runs in there, pops the bubble, which throws them both on the ground. And while they're on the ground somewhat stunned, he runs out of Rose's room and closes the temple door. And he's like, that'll keep him busy for a while. Yeah, and as soon as he sits down, like, literally the moment his butt hits the chair. The door opens back up and we see Garnet Steven running back towards him. Yeah, now when the door opens up, it shows the burning room or Garnet's room. And we know that there's a direct line from Rose's room into that room because we've seen Steven use it like a fire pole before. Yep. <laughs> so it shouldn't have been a strange thing to him that she managed to get out of there that quickly. Although I was kind of curious why just Garnet got out of there like, Where'd Amethyst go? I mean, knowing Amethyst, she probably just took it down to her room and just chilled out there for the time being. Sure, yeah. But if you pause at this point and look through the door, you can see that there are still gems and bubbles in the burning room. And I was wondering how that could be because you would think that they've already popped all those bubbles and healed all those gems so that now they can be normal gems. 
right? Well, it's possible that the bubbles that are still in there contain gem fragments. Well, we know that at least one bubble has a bunch of gem shards because secret team. Yeah, so there are potential explanations as to why there may still be bubbles in the room. It's possible, as far as I know, that they may still encounter monsters occasionally. There's no evidence that they got every gem monster and changed it back. So maybe they'll occasionally collect and bubble and send back to the temple new gem monsters that they find. And then once they have enough, they get back together, get all the diamonds together again and have uh, another nice little bubble bath. Right, right. So it's just something I noticed when the the door opened. I was like, oh, hey, there's still bubbles in there. Oh, yeah. But uh, to avoid getting tagged by Garnet, Steven runs up to his room. And he dives under the covers, common hiding spot. But mm. as soon as he does so, the, the camera cuts to him under there. And he looks like he's just waiting for Garnet to leave. But it pulls back and we see Amethyst Steven is also under there already. That's the second time they do that visual trick where it's like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she says, hiding under the covers, are we? So it seems like nowhere he can go is safe. So he tries to get away from them again. But this time he gets caught up in his blanket and he trips and rolls down the stairs back into the living room. Yeah, and as he does, Pearl warps in holding a shovel. She's apparently been at a little homeschool, like, shoveling things out, I guess, so that they can resume classes in the next yeah. day. Seems like something she would do. Yeah, and <laughs> Steven runs over and tries to hide behind her and tells Pearl that, you know, Garnet and Amethyst are playing Steven Tag. And <laughs> Pearl says, Steven Tag? Wow, that takes me back. Yeah, for 130 episodes. Yeah. Uh, But as she's trying to mention, like, oh, you know, maybe the gems, you know, who knows what they're doing. But she starts to trail off. But immediately, in the middle of her sentence, you see what looks like a bolt cut through her body. And she gasps in shock. And this uh, imagery is actually very familiar of when she got stabbed by Hollow Pearl in Steven the Swordfighter. Again, another old episode. Mm -hmm. Um, but what we see as she crumples to the ground is that Garnet is actually there behind her, Garnet Steven, and has her hand still extended because Pearl just got tagged. And as she's on the ground, Steven says, ah, the joke's on you because Pearl doesn't shapeshift. Now, Pearl mentions that she doesn't like the shapeshift back in Catfingers when the idea of shapeshifting first was uh, brought up. And for the whole run of the show, and up until this point, Pearl hasn't shapeshifted, except when we saw her shapeshift into Rose in a single pale Rose, but that was a flashback, so she hasn't shapeshifted in probably thousands of years at this point. Yeah, so it's just kind of implied, as as we've seen through the entire run of the series, that she just doesn't do it, likely because it reminds her of that very traumatic moment in her life, understandably right. so. But just as Steven is gloating over the fact that Pearl doesn't shapeshift, probably thinking this will put a damper on their game, we see the telltale sign of her turning very pale, white, and glowy, and her body slowly contracting into the form of Steven as she shouts out, The power of Steven Tag compels me. Which uh, <laughs> is a reference to The Exorcist, which uh-huh. is a horror movie. Uh-huh. So it's pretty interesting, you know, reference there for the show to make. Yeah, it's like the uh, the game itself has some kind of power over her, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the 
immediate response to this from Garnet and Amethyst is that they're just so happy to see that she actually transformed that they temporarily sort of overlook the game and just lunge at her and happily like hug her and they're like cheering her on. There's this big group Steven-y hug going on. Yeah. And this actually called to memory seeing this many Stevens in one place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode Steven and the Stevens. Steven and the Stevens. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, just a whole lot of references to older episodes here. This whole episode is just chock full of references. Even Steven says, wow, uh, good for her. Yeah. I mean, he's genuinely pleased to see that Pearl has gotten over this sort of hang up with shapeshifting and managed to do it. Yeah. It's just another step along that journey she's been on to free herself from the past. Yeah. And as everything's all happy and everything, all three of them suddenly glare at Steven. Yeah, they lock eyes on him immediately. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the chase is on. As yeah, so- all three gems chase him through the house, up to the observatory, through the living room. And each time, strangely, Garnet is like somewhere just off scene, doing something silly, like hiding behind a potted plant or holding a frame over herself. Right, right. I like when Steven... Goes up into his room and he starts throwing his shirts on the floor. <laughs> and Pearl Steven is like, oh, I just folded those. And she goes to them, folds them real quick and puts them down. Goes to the next one, folds it real quick and puts <laughs> it down. And, um, I mean, if you really want to um, fish for references, this is just like she folds the shirts and stuff in um, Coach Steven when she mm-hmm. sings Strong in the Real Way. Which is really pulling for a reference there. <laughs> but, yeah. But this attempt to distract Pearl works. It gives him enough time to jump over her towards the stairs to try to get away. But waiting for him on the landing are Amethyst and Garnet Steven. So once again, he dives over them to the first floor. But all three gems persist in chasing him. So this is the most intense game of tag ever. Steven tag even. Yeah. Especially since Pearl's never really been a part of it before. So it's been like two Stevens on one (laughs) instead of three. Yeah. But to to try and avoid getting tagged, Stephen becomes so desperate that he launches himself out of the house all the way to the ground and dives behind a boulder. Maybe it might have been one of the fingers from the broken part of the statue, but just right. finds this large stone structure to hide behind. And it's completely encased in snow. So here he is huddled behind a rock, covered in snow, desperately trying to wait out the gems because he knows they can't keep those forms forever. And as soon as they run out of energy, he'll, and before he can say anything more, the stone behind him is smashed away. Yeah, and then you see a somewhat familiar thing hanging over his head. A large mace that looks like two hands interlaced together. Yes. Wait a minute. Oh, that's Sugalite's weapon. It sure is. And as Steven looks up, we do see the towering form of a Steven-esque Sugalite staring down at him from above, twirling the mace in her hand. Yeah, and then we get this quick take where there's the character, and then it, it looks like the introduction to characters in um, Smash Brothers. Yeah, there's a splash screen that says, Ultimate Steven Tag Game, with the cutout of Sugalite there, and then mm-hmm. the character's name underneath saying, Sugalite Steven. I want this to be a thing. <laughs> what, like a, a brawler game of nothing but Steven yeah. characters? Yeah, it would be a brawler with the Steven characters, and for the three main crystal gems, one of the alternate like costumes would be them in Steven form. <laughs> you know? 
just just for added like confusion when trying to you know it's like a tactic play. yeah yeah anyway steven's like whoa you fused uh yes they did yeah i just it to steven <laughs> he can't believe that they would fuse for such a frivolous purpose. I mean, again, typically fusion is reserved for serious missions or something where they need a lot of power. So yeah. the concept of them fusing, especially Sugalite, who's proven to be very dangerous and unruly in the past, yeah, um, yeah. just to take part in a silly game of tag is just confusing to him. Right, right. So he runs away from Sugalite, Steven, and uses his shield like a snowboard, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, He's like shouting like this is really dangerous, which is like, what are you pro? <sighs> like, um well, remember he's trying to be more mature. Yeah. And as he's surfing away <laughs> on his shield, a snowball hurls towards him. Well, not just a snowball, it's like a massive snowball. Yeah, massive snowball. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he looks up, and it's Sardonic, Steven. Now, I'd like to know how Garnet got over there. <laughs> but they're, they're magic. Remember, they can jump. <laughs> just say it was magic. It's yes. magic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Steven Sardonyx is standing on another cliff looking down on him now with this snow-covered tree that she's like grasping onto for balance. And her midsection begins spinning, as we know it can do. She's heavily, what is it, highly articulated? articulated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and each time the hand passes by the tree, it grabs another massive ball of snow and hurdles it at him until, as we pan back to Steven, we see that he's just getting rained upon by these enormous boulders of snow, bobbing and weaving just to avoid getting crushed. Right, right. And Steven, announcing that he's still not playing very vehemently, continues dodging until his shield slips up along the curvature of a rock, sending him spiraling off of it. And you see him, like, kind of do this cute little, like, spin as he crashes into the snow below. So then Steven looks up towards the roof of the house and we see Opal Steven, which... Looks kind of strange. Of the three of them, this one kind of looked the strangest to me. I don't know why. I think it's because Opal, of all three of these fusions, has the most effeminate features. Like, she, mm. she's very slender. She's got a very uh, round face, very prominent lips. She, she's just, I don't know, the long hair. It all just has a very uh, stereotypical, like, femme feel about the character. And so to see that condensed down to very uh steven-y proportions kind of takes a very different approach to the character's like figure and shape okay yeah so uh opal steven gets out her bow and goes to shoot an arrow but the arrow is actually garnet steven yeah and as it closes up on the arrow well the garnet arrow um you can see the arc of opal's bow and for some reason maybe this is just me but the the rainbow-colored swirl pattern that makes up the arc of the bow on either side of Garnet reminds me very much of this snack food that they used to sell at a candy store when I was young, which is like a rope. It's like a twisty, spiral-looking rope, but it's made entirely out of marshmallow, and it's rainbow as it, like, goes up the spiral, it slowly changes colors, and the colors are all very pastel as well. So, it almost sure. looks exactly like this part of the bow, and when I saw it, it just hit me with a sort of nostalgia I was not expecting. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Opal shoots the Garnet Stephen <laughs> arrow, and it, as it sails through the air, Garnet, like, starts yelling out, like, ah, and it makes contact with Stephen's jacket, 
and snow kind of explodes everywhere, and Garnet Steven says, oh, it wasn't Steven, it was just a snowman with Steven's jacket. No! Yeah, and she falls to her knees, and again, does that very telltale Darth Vader-esque no, which echoes out into the distance that she did in the previous episode, a very special episode. So, I don't know, it's weird. It's almost like they made the joke, and then they forgot that they made the joke in the previous episode. So they did it again? Yeah, or like, they're they're like, oh, we want to have a point in the episode, one of these episodes, where something happens to Steven, and it's not that dangerous, or it's not that serious, but it still causes Garnet to have this very silly reaction. It'll be a reference to Star Wars, or everyone will have a good time. And then they didn't realize that they accidentally put it in two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> That happen to be right next to each other. <laughs> right. Uh. And so now Steven, who's hiding behind another boulder, shivering because he doesn't have his jacket anymore. Yeah. Realizes that they're not going to stop until he decides to play. Yeah, and it's all very dramatic. Like, Steven, from this point forward, everything that he does is, like, super overly melodramatic. He's like, right. they'll never stop. Until I finally start the game, or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, and at this point, a shadow looms over Steven. And, you know, having seen all of the two-gem fusions already, you know what's coming up yep. next. <laughs> Here's Alexandrite Steven looming over him, and uh, just as the normal Alexandrite does, she shoots a ball of fire at Steven. Yeah, and as this jet stream of flame comes bearing down on Steven, he reacts in a way, uh, well, okay, so he screams, that's normal, but his face it takes on this strange shape where everything is very, like, overly rounded, even for this mm-hmm. show, and very yeah. simplified, and I swear that I've seen this very specific imagery somewhere before, like, it looks, like, I I see this and I think, I've seen this before, this is a reference to something, but I cannot for the life of me recall what it is. The style almost reminds me of Garfield. Yeah, like the eyes... He's got the really bulbous eyes. Yeah, and the mouth shape. It looks very similar to that. I will agree with that, but I swear this is like... It's like an internet reference or a meme or something. I don't know. I can't I can't pull it out of my vast uh, banks of internet knowledge and pinpoint <laughs> it down. But I just feel like I know I've seen this exact shape before. I just can't recall where from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I looked at that too and I was like, yeah, it does have that sense of something that I've seen before, but I couldn't tell you what it is either. We'll be watching other stuff on the internet and we'll see. It'll be like, it's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that aside, Steven uses his bubble just in time to protect himself from being incinerated. And when the flames clear and he puts the bubble down, you hear him say, I didn't want to do this. But I joined the game! And he gets his own little title card splash screen with his own name on it. (laughs) Yeah. So, Alexandre continues to uh, attack and chase Steven. But he he dodges everything. He manages to avoid getting tagged by Alexandrite. Yeah, there's this one part where Alexandrite kind of like... It looks like they jump on a trampoline because they're just... They just elevate almost as if with no effort. Which, I mean, again, I guess the gems wouldn't need it, but... Uh, and then they have their arms outstretched and just clap as if they were trying to smash Steven between their hands. It would not be hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's another one of my favorites. But um, anyway, he, yes, continues to manage to avoid them until he decides the only way he's going to get free of them completely is if he jumps to the top of the lighthouse. 
Yep. So he jumps, and as he's sailing up towards the top of the lighthouse, Alexandrite is already there. <laughs> and Alexandrite defuses into the four gems, Amethyst, Pearl, Ruby, and Sapphire. Mm -hmm. And again, if you want to fish for references, this would be like Infusion Cuisine when they almost fully defused there. Mm -hmm. One of the clues that Garnet was a fusion. Yeah, you could see time. the outline of uh, the two different gems, Sapphire and Ruby, if you paused and tabbed through the frame by frame, which I did way back when. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so as Steven is sailing up, the four gems come down to attack him, and he pulls out the bubble boxing gloves. Yay! And as he's sailing up, he manages to knock out Pearl, Amethyst, and Ruby, and he lands on top of the lighthouse. Yeah, and... As he lands on top of the lighthouse, he looks down at them from above. And there's this very, again, dramatic scene of the camera looking up at him and he's standing there glaring down and the wind's like tearing at his shirt. So it all looks very serious. And they're lying down there in the snow. And he's like, oh, they shouldn't have messed with me. But as he turns around and begins to walk away as if he's left his opponents defeated in the dust, he stops. And you just hear the word tag <laughs> and as he looks down you notice that sapphire steven was not one of the people that he knocked away as he was ascending and her hand is just very gently propped up against his stomach <laughs> and then the screen shatters and um steven falls from the lighthouse and drifts to the snow thinking to himself oh no is this the end of my adult life yeah like as if playing this game and as if he got tagged was going to, like, permanently set him to child Steven form. Like, if he got touched and he had to abide by the rules, then he would just permanently need to go back to being a kid again. Yeah, and it would be completely silly if not for the fact that Steven's physical appearance does mirror his, how he feels about himself as obviously shown in too many birthdays but in steven's birthday when he reverts to being a baby again like this is a thing that happens with him so yeah but i must imagine that he must have gotten better control over it because otherwise he would have been like at least middle aged, like 30 or 40 or something <laughs> throughout this entire episode yeah 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 but he drifts to the snow, and then uh, Sapphire Steven jumps down, and Ruby's like, you did it, you're great, everything. Yeah, it's cute, because Ruby's all excited, and is, like, congratulating Sapphire Steven on tagging him. And as Ruby Steven lunges excitedly onto Sapphire, they immediately fuse back into Garnet Steven, who is immediately, like, stoic again. <laughs> so you just see all this energy coming from Ruby, who jumps onto Sapphire, and then flat. <laughs> Yeah. They all remind Steven that according to the rules of the game, he has to change. Yep, he has to transform into Whittle Steven. And so he's sitting there with his arms crossed and he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just flat. Nope. Yep. But of course, they all lean over him and they're like, do, do it, it. Do it. <laughs> and it seems like he was going to continue to refuse until even Cat Steven leans over him from above and meows their uh, assent to the fact that he has to play by the rules. A2, Cat Steven. <laughs> which is a literary reference to, and a historic reference, to Julius Caesar, wherein he states after being stabbed several times in the back, A2, A2 Brute. Brute. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, <laughs> generally used as a term meaning, oh, even you're going to turn on me, usually the person who's like the closest to you or your best friend. Yeah. But given that everybody is so desperately requesting that he transform back to his younger self, even their pet cat at this point, Steven finally relents and shrinks down to the point where, you know, he's still just his 12-year-old self, but because he's wearing, you know, a much larger shirt, it looks like he's practically drowning in his clothing. Yeah, and all three of the gems, they swoon. He's so (laughs) cute! (laughs) Steven pops up. No, I'm not! Yeah, immediately upon hearing this, he tries to remind them that this has been very difficult for him. He tries very hard to act and show that he is grown up now, but he's afraid that no matter what he does, they're always going to see him like this, like a little baby. And everything that's happened over the past couple of days has only seemed to verify that in his mind. Yeah, and Amethyst says that they just want to spend time together. And then Pearl says, yeah, like we used to when, and he interrupts, when I was a kid. And then they get it. Yeah, it's at that point that they recognize that, oh, we have been treating him like he's a kid, and he doesn't approve of that, or he doesn't like that, and therefore bad. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I kind of feel for the gems again, because they don't understand all of this. Yeah, I mean, human biology is still somewhat new to them. Again, one would argue, you've been living with Steven for, like, 16 years now shouldn't you know but again gems live for thousands of years 16 years to them is nothing so they might just get used to the fact that steven has changed from when he was literally like an infant back in three gems and a baby Mm -hmm. to how he was when he was 12 okay maybe it'll take him another you know 12 or so years before he goes through another major shift But no, he obviously starts going through, you know, the pubescent stages now, only a couple of years later. So they're probably thinking like, oh, God, you know, this is the equivalent to like literally minutes later, if we were to expand that to be comparative (laughs) to a a human's lifespan. Right. And even though they may understand that Steven changes physically, maybe they didn't quite understand that he'll also change uh, mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And so the things, I mean, this happens to everybody, the things that made you so excited when you were a child, you know, suddenly are not that interesting anymore. And so, you know, maybe he doesn't want to watch Popcopter or wear funny animal masks or whatever. (laughs) But the gems have a hard time seeing him as anything but a kid. So he says that he needs them to see him for who he is now as he shapeshifts back to his teen form. As I call yeah, it. I mean, there's child Steven, teen Steven, adult Steven. I mean, there's as many Stevens now as there were Gohans back in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so all the gems that are still in classic Steven form mm-hmm. all come up and group hug him. And they all look up at him with those like puppy dog eyes. <laughs> and they're like, we're sorry. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, again, (laughs) not only are they transformed into younger Steven, so, you know, they already look very youthful, but their their emotion that they're feeling right now is probably very genuinely uh, regretful. They, They did not mean to make him feel this way. They just had sort of like a stored understanding of what Steven liked to do in his free time and just didn't update it yet. So... 
now they understand, you know, this whole situation has brought them to be aware that they need to update what the, like, log of Steven leisure activities can be. Yeah. The gems say that they like who he's become and that's why they want to spend time with him. Yeah, and Amethyst at this point also shapeshifts her hand, like, off screen and picks up Steven's jacket and brings it back to him because he, like, sneezes and is still shivering. Oh, yeah. Which just kind of looks weird and silly, but... Yeah, fine. And what I think is neat is that, yeah, Amethyst and Garnet and Pearl all explain to Steven that, like, we like who you become. You, you're grown up, you're mature now, and you're awesome, and that's why I want to spend more time with you. And this is sort of a direct inversion of how things used to be. Because mm-hmm. it used to be Steven who thought that the gems were so amazing and cool and, you know, so much more powerful than he could ever hope to be. And that's why he always wanted to go out on missions with them. So it's neat to see that we've taken that prospect of the more powerful characters being idolized by the weaker character and sort of inverted it. Yeah, there's a lot of this um, role reversion, Mm -hmm. which is another thing that that happens as you get older, especially uh, vis-a-vis your um, parents. Yeah. You know, they're the ones protecting you, and then you'll transition, this is usually a difficult transition, into you being an adult as well, so now you become more like peers, and then they get older, then you have to start taking care of them, and it's just the way things are. Yeah, it's just the circle of life. Yeah, and it can be difficult to adjust to those things, to, to make the realization that we've now transitioned to that next phase in the natural order. Yeah, especially in a relationship like parent and child because there is such a preternatural bond that uh, is understood between those two roles and generally one of a superior looking after a minor or an inferior and needing to relinquish that uh, level of protection or that level of care for the younger and allowing them to engage with the world on their own it feels dangerous because you're stopping the thing that you've primarily been programmed and are aware socially and naturally to do, which is protect this thing. But now you have to stop doing that, at least as much. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But Pearl says that if Steven needs to get back to work, they understand, like, okay, we have to recognize that there will be a time for fun and a time for work. That's one of the updates to our understanding here. And that they'll understand and let them do it. But Steven sort of glumfully says, well, I can't get back to work. And then he gets this like sly look in his face and he says, because, and he lunges at Garnet tackling her saying that she is now it. <laughs> yeah, Steven gets back up and, and Garnet says, oh, I guess we have to update the game. And she transforms into a teen version of Steven. Yeah. So now they look almost like exact mirrors, you know, barring the glasses and the coloration. And the coloring, Yeah. yeah. Uh, they both turn towards Amethyst and Pearl that are still in young Steven form. Mm-hmm. And they assume like a battle stance and they're like, y'all better run. <laughs> and they start running down the, the hill by the lighthouse mm-hmm. and uh, Amethyst starts tumbling and they're just having all kinds of fun with it. Yeah, they have a cute little ending where they're like chasing each other and having fun. And obviously this is all going to wrap up happily. Right. And then we cut to the next morning. Where all of the gems are heading into town together in the Dondi and Steven's driving and we see that Amethyst has one of those uh, protein shake containers. They kind of sort of clink it together, you know, mm-hmm. and then Steven drinks his protein shake and Amethyst eats the whole thing. That's got to get expensive. <laughs> I know. And then everybody kind of laughs and they drive away. Yeah, so obviously they were able to reach an accord and, you know, sitting down and communicating, they were able to find a way to 
allow Steven to continue being the adult that he wants to be, um, you know, driving the Dundai instead of just warping around or being told what to do by the gems and having his job and doing his errands. But they actually come with him so that they can have that unity without uh, needing to focus on childish or silly things. Right. And there were lessons to learn all around because... While the gems obviously needed to learn to treat Steven as an adult, as a more mature person, mm-hmm. Steven also had to understand that you do have to make time for some recreational activities. Like, your whole life can't be work, 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 sleep. Yeah, there's also a lot of echoing of the morals from a very special episode here, too. Yeah. Where we see that Steven is still taking on a lot of work probably much more than he should. Sure, he's got his schedule now and he's organizing better, but he's taking on such heavy responsibilities that he, like you said, is cutting out any sort of leisure activity to the point where even the gems are like, buddy, you got to (laughs) relax. Yeah, I mean, when he comes home that first night and he's so exhausted that all he wants to do is go back up to bed, like, that that's a sign that you, you need to rebalance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if it was one day or something, if it was a small, you know, infrequent event, that'd be fine. But this looks like it's his everyday experience. So it's better that the gems had this intervention uh an intervention in the form of a game of tag but i mean that's kind of what it was yeah so i like the episode it's chock full of references i did kind of eye roll a little bit when they had the fusion versions of steven i don't know i really liked it because it was cute yeah yeah i was glad to see the just the designs if they had just did this as a sort of like cutesy drawing thing where like rebecca sugar came out and was like and here's a bunch of doodles of me drawing all of the fusions as if they were in the shape of Steven. That I would have been just as happy with that. So <laughs> that's that's what I got out of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so as far as the overall plot of Steven Universe Future, this is another episode focusing on the fact that Steven is keeping himself very busy mm-hmm. with adult responsibilities. Yeah. And it is taking a toll on him. Yeah, and just that he has this very intense focus on helping people and being an adult. So he's got these two primary goals where he wants to make sure that he's expending a great deal of effort being helpful to other people, which we've already seen has been a bit of a uh, harried subject for him in the past, and that he is an adult now. He is no longer a child, and he has to engage with that adult portion of his life that's approaching. Right. But that'll do it for today's episode. As always, we're happy to hear what you guys think of either Snow Day as an episode or our opinion on Snow Day. What do you think about Steven's strange alarm time? Uh, did you like seeing the fusions in their Steven-y form? You can let us know either by email, which is gemtalkpodcast at gmail.com, or a variety of social media pages. If you want to find us, you can just search Gem Talk Podcast, and you can usually find us by looking for the icon. All right, and that will do it for episode 124 about Snow Day. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>